1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bob. Tony D. Graham.
0: Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. The buzz, the heat is on. Well, that means a lot of things to a lot of people, depending on what the weather is and where you are, but we're talking about something in the business world. Let me get started. As technology radically changes how, where, and when companies work, IT is being pressured to redefine its role. Now, look inside your own company. Everything has changed. You've got probably employees, part-time, full-time, contractors, practitioners all over The world. The hours have changed. Everything is very, very different. So the pressure is on IT. Hence, the heat is on. Let me tell you a quote here from the Economist Intelligence Unit and SAP. It's a study they did together. Of course, that's EIU. And here we go. Digital transformation is the new strategic imperative. Hey, we all know that. No longer just a handy source of competitive differentiation, but a must do for every company in every industry and across every geography. The challenges are testing leadership teams. And guess what? In the eye of the story, sits the CIO, that's your Chief Information Officer, and your IT team. So we're looking at you, our viewers, our listeners rather, all over the world. I'm thinking of my TV show. We're looking at you, you're all over the world, you're from different businesses, you're at different levels, but is your IT team ready? Is this breaking news to them? Is the awareness that digital transformation is coming, that it's happening, that it's here? Is this something that's a shock? Well, we certainly hope not, but IT needs to step up and the heat is on indeed. We have a panel of three experts who will help explain this, what it means to you and your company, your industry and the world. Let me just tell you quickly who's on the panel and then we'll get started. First up, we are welcoming back a previous guest from a long time ago. It's Alan Adler, Managing Partner of Digital Bridge Partners. Joining Alan on the panel is Chris Dinkle, also coming back from a previous appearance. He's the Managing Director Co-Leading. The SAP HANA Analytics Capability, focusing on the the delivery of business intelligence and data analytics for Deloitte Consulting. Shout out to all of our good friends at Deloitte, of course. And rounding out the panel is a newcomer to Game Changers. It's Rob Glickman, VP of Audience Marketing at SAP. So let's take a look at the opening quotes these gentlemen have sent me. And we have a quote here from Alan Adler from Warren G. Bennis. Warren G. Bennis lived until recently, 1925 to 20. He was an American scholar... Organizational consultant and author, and regarded as the pioneer of the contemporary field of leadership studies. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Uh, management expert Tom Peters wrote in 1993 in the foreword of Bennis's book, *An Invented Life: Reflections on Leadership and Change*. Quote: Bennis's work at MIT in the 1960s on group behavior foreshadowed and helped bring about today's headlong plunge into less hierarchical, more democratic and adaptive institutions private, and public. And just a side note to those of you like me here in New York, Bennis was born in the Bronx, grew up in a working-class Jewish family in Westwood, New Jersey, went into the U.S. Army. He enlisted in 1943, and he served as one of the Army's youngest infantry officers in the European Theater of Operations and was awarded the Purple Heart and Bronze Star. So yay to the late Warren G. Bennis, and his middle name was Gamaliel. Here's the quote Alan has selected. Managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. Alan Adler, how have you been? It's been a long time.
2: I've been great, Bonnie. Thanks for having us.
0: Oh, we're delighted. So tell me, did you know all that about Warren G. Bennis?
2: No, I just, I, I just found his quote, and I've been you know, thinking about that notion from the standpoint of the CIO and you know, how the CIO is ultimately going to have to move into leadership and out of just uh, doing things right.
0: So going back to my question in the opening, Alan, to my our audience in general, do you think this is breaking news for CIOs, for for their IT teams, their departments, their I, IT leaders? Is this are they tuning in today and saying, what What's he talking about? What do you mean we're going to have to regroup, redefine, rethink? Is this something that's new?
2: Well, I think that the part that's not new is the is the voice of you've got to innovate, right? That ultimately innovation is what it's about, but. Perhaps what is new is the realization that innovation is really a you know if you think about it in a simple analogy you know digital technologies have always been you know fuel for business over so the last you know 30 or 40 years as automation has become important you know if you don't automate you do automate business processes you're in trouble but in in, in our view uh, digital is moving from the fuel to maybe the engine that drives the car or or maybe even the road that the car drives on and I think that the transformation of the role of digital. Maybe a little bit new in that it's really easy for most IT departments to sort of just put their head down and do what they've done. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is important, but fundamentally if we don't move from the role of, you know, managing vendors and keeping the lights on and dealing with legacy systems and supporting into the role of collaborating with business to really make, you know, new engines and new roads, then those IT departments become legacies and ultimately they get disintermediated. So I think that's the the new part is just how important it is to think about digital as the new engine or the new road that the car drives on and not just the fuel in the car.
0: Thank you. Very appropriate. I appreciate that, Alan. And Again, welcome back. And now let's welcome Chris Dinkle at Deloitte Consulting. And Chris has sent us a quote from the eminent Albert Einstein. We get this quote very often, and it's very appropriate for today's show. Let me give you a little background on Einstein. He lived from 1879 to 1955, a German-born theoretical physicist, often shown at a blackboard writing his world-famous equation, E equals mc squared, which is considered one of the world's most famous equations. Everybody knows it, and we all know what his hair looked like. Wild man. Here is the quote from Einstein. Everything should be made as simple as possible but no simpler. Chris Dinkle, welcome back to you. How are you today?
3: I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, we're delighted to have you. Talk to me, Chris. Are you a big fan of Einstein?
3: I am a tremendous fan of Einstein. Um, My last name is uh, of a Germanic background, so um, anytime uh, German physicists or scholars are are around, uh, I always get interested and, and, and have a bit of pride about that.
0: Well, I'm very happy to hear that that uh, reference to the naming. I appreciate that. So tell me, we're talking about IT. We're talking about CIO. We're talking about this so-called storm from a little bit of the excerpt I read from the study of the EIU and SAP. And we're talking about IT having to take a close look in the mirror and saying, hmm, can't do same old, same old, as Alan was just talking about. So the point in, in Einstein's quote about making it as simple as possible but no simpler, how does that apply to what we want IT to do today, Chris?
3: So I I think it's in part um, what we've seen from our own experience from a digital perspective, um, how we look at how we interact with the world today. So, for example, in the realm of mobility and mobile devices, our experience just even over the last 10 years has so dramatically changed from what it was before that. We see that that is starting to ingrain into population at large expectations for how businesses should operate as well it should not necessarily be about I have to go and sit at a desktop in order to perform some sort of work Um, it's about why the questions are coming fast and furious why can't I do this specific task from a mobile device um, because it makes me more effective and more efficient to go down that path and that's where the quote um, ties in as well is rethinking so many of these things that where we used to where we used to look at a process and we used to look at and, and try and incorporate every single different type of scenario that might need to be part of that. And appropriately, what we should be looking at is where is the eighty percent or ninety percent of the transaction going? And building a simple, easy to understand process uh, to support that.
0: Do you think IT gets this? Or are they into complexity? Are they into, I, I used to code, by the way, Chris, and I remember mm-hmm. we used to call it spaghetti code when you just kept yep. adding on and adding on and adding on. And it got tangled. And, you, and the lucky me, the new programmer sometimes, had to go in and, and find those, those threads or those shards perhaps of, of how to simplify and figure out what in the heck it's supposed to do. Do you think they know that?
3: I think a lot of IT organizations, especially in larger organizations, have some challenges around that. Um, and I know that at Deloitte, internally looking, applying that lens to ourselves, we recognized that actually a couple of years ago um, and have since started up uh, specifically an innovation organization that sits within our IT organization in order to help to break that mold and break those norms. Um, but then other customers that I work with in the marketplace and my externally facing role these days Mm -hmm. I find that there are, you know, a lot of times customers are having challenges or or concerns about moving from, okay, everybody knows how to go and do this. But then understanding that as their workforce is aging out and up, um, understanding that the new generation of folks that are being brought in, they have to rethink how they engage with those folks if they want to have a long-term relationship with that talent pool that's coming in.
0: Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Thank you and welcome back, Chris. And now let me welcome our newcomer to the panel. It's Rob Glickman at SAP. Rob has sent a quote from Beth Comstock. Let me tell you a little bit about her because I wasn't aware of her. Her full name is Elizabeth Comstock, born in 1960. She's still around. She's an American business executive, currently the vice chair of General Electric. And let me read a little background here. Since 2008, she served as GE's chief marketing and commercial officer. From 2006, she was president of oh, president of Integrated Media at NBC Universal, and she led the company's digital ex- efforts, including Peacock Equity. She acquired iVillage.com and oversaw the founding of Hulu. So millions of people are probably very grateful to Beth Comstock for that. In 2003, she was named GE's first chief marketing officer in more than 20 years, and created Echo imagination as an initiative to drive positive environmental impact from GE and its customers. She has also held roles at NBC, CBS, and Turner Broadcasting, a very well-traveled and experienced woman, we can say. And here is the quote that Rob Glickman has selected from Beth Comstock, quote, don't wait for the invitation. If you see a better way, you have an obligation to do it. Ooh, Rob, that's pretty powerful. How are you, Rob Glickman?
4: (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me today.
0: We're delighted. Talk to me about this quote. Are you a big fan of Beth Comstock? I think anybody would be with her track record. Talk to me. Yes, I am. I'm a big fan. You know, as a marketer, I sometimes struggle with
4: you know the the reputation of marketing, right? Sometimes marketing is um, kind of going head to head with sales and other other groups in the company all around trying to drive value for the customer. And somebody like Beth, who has kind of crossed the chasm between, you know from marketing, into and that her current role as vice chair, really taking charge of innovation for the company, um, is truly remarkable. And it's kind of something that I really I uh, admire. Um, and her quote is, you know, is I love the quote because it's action oriented, right? Because a lot of what mm-hmm. we're talking about today are topics, like you said at the beginning, they're not necessarily new, but they're pervasive, especially in our industry. And the difference is. Uh, companies, individuals, teams, people who end up taking action and being able to take some, uh, clues about where things are going and take some action to try to resolve it in the, in the perspective and what we're talking about today of working across silos, across teams towards, uh, helping the company innovate and stay relevant. So, yeah, I love that quote because it helps me in life and in business.
0: Oh, I appreciate that, too. Rob, question for you, a uh, question I posed to our other panelists. Sure. Is this breaking, in your, your opinion, is this breaking news when we, we say in this wonderful quote from Beth Comstock, don't wait for the invitation, digital transformation, it's a mantra, it's a buzzword, it's hanging right. all over every business around the world. It's like a cloud on some people's shoulders, whereas it's right. the ray of sunshine with a little bit of uh, maybe a thundercloud or a lightning bolt attached to it for others who were aware. So are there CIOs that you know of, we don't have to name names, who? are waiting for the invitation to climb on board the digital Absolutely. transformation. Why? Absolutely,
4: yeah. What and are they waiting for? It's scary. it's scary. It's one of these topics yeah. like, you know, your health or, or anything else that you know about, right? It's this cloud that, you know, or, or like cloud or mobile or any of these large topics that are pervasive across years, right? We'll be talking about digital transformation in 5, 10, 15 years. And we were talking about it 15 years ago because it's such a transformative uh, phenomenon that cuts across um everything cuts across industries roles responsibilities technology behaviors leadership um and, you know so it's such a fascinating topic that you have to break it down into digestible pieces and those digestible pieces end up being like Beth's quote moments where you need to take action moments where you need to step forward and say okay now is a moment where we need to reinvent do things differently and and in Beth Beth's uh, career she did something that I find you know you know very important as a marketer you know she she identifies trends and then she builds teams around those new business models and in her case and also I look at this I work at SAP a company that's been around for quite a while talk about general electric a company that's been around and you could argue is is uh, making a lot of things that are maybe commoditized but what mm-hmm. she did is she took you know Insight, data, analysis, and and simply reimagined age old businesses and not only made it part of their, you know, the marketing tagline sometimes just ends up being a tagline, but in GE's case, it truly is a a way they reimagined their business, you know, like lighting, uh, age old businesses, and they attached, uh, you know, the Internet of Things to the, you know, an age old uh, business, and now they have a service-oriented business where they they provide LED and sensors, and they've merged that with their solar and energy storage businesses, and now they provide customers services and insights, and they've merged the old and the new. So it's really a fascinating um, uh, experience what GE went through, and so those are the kind of things that I think are very relevant to CIOs and and line-of-business leaders now. How do you take the old and reimagine it and make it very relevant?
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate the insights, and I'm glad to be introduced to Beth Comstock. So let's circle back to Alan Adler around the table. Alan, I know you're ready for this question, the question of the day, getting a little up close and personal. Well, where are you calling from? What time is it? And what are you drinking right now that powers and fuels you at Digital Bridge Partners? And or what are you planning to drink later, Alan? Talk to me.
4: Great. Well, we're
2: calling from, I'm calling from lovely Ashland, Oregon, which is just uh, north of the California border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lovely college town where lots of smart people hang out and, and go to Starbucks a lot. And uh, I didn't do that this morning. I it's, <laughs> it's little after seven a.m. I I just decided to make some coffee at home. But uh, I think the interesting thing for me was the uh, realization that when I uh, when I mix my coffee with some uh, quiet time to reflect and meditate, then uh, instead of just being amped up, I'm actually amped up and, and have a sense of uh, uh, what might be the priorities for the day.
0: I like that. Do you have a special flavor?
2: You know, it's. Uh, I just uh, usually just stick with uh, stick with uh, a, a, a French a French drip.
0: Okay, sounds very empowering. I like that idea of thinking what's going to be for the day. I like that. Is is you give yourself a time limit? Is it a minute or two, or or do you close your eyes and think what do I, how do I envision my day and what do I want to say at the end of the day that I've done? How does that work, Alan?
2: Usually, I usually after I finish it, I usually just put on a fifteen-minute timer and just uh, let my mind uh, stop thinking about digital transformation long enough to know what's important.
0: Wow, I like that. I think I'm going to adopt that now that it's the new year for some of us. It is for me. Yes, I'm going to think about that. Thank you. I feel better already. And let's turn to Chris Dinkle. Where are you, and what's in your cup today, Chris?
3: Well Bonnie, I'm in Burbank california um, out uh, out here with a with a customer um, and I'm actually drinking uh, Pellegrino mineral water right now um, mm-hmm. starting my day off um, and it's really just about uh, I've started uh, drinking some mineral water um, every day i've I've heard my colleagues in Europe generally talk about the health benefits of mineral water so I've suddenly acquired a bit of a taste for Pellegrino, and so it's just become part of my morning uh, to, to have a little bit of mineral water, start things off.
0: I like that. Do you drink it? you know, I'm going to ask this, room temperature or cold, bottle, glass, straw, ice? How does it come?
3: Um, so I'm drinking it straight out of the big old bottle, um, the 33-ounce bottle, so it's nice and big. Um, I prefer it cold, so I still have that American side to me. I don't like things necessarily at room temperature or hot. Um, But, yeah, so drinking it cold, and it's a nice, refreshing way to start the day.
0: I appreciate that, too. You are similar to me, and we'll get to that in just a second. And Mr. Rob Glickman, where are you? What are you drinking?
4: Hello. I'm in San Francisco, California. And uh, believe it or not, I'm drinking uh, mate, which is a uh, South American kind of tea-infused drink, kind of like tea. Um, And... I was, in, uh, I was in Argentina for a month for work last uh, April, and I was introduced to mate, and for me, I loved it because in Argentina, they drink it at the office, and it's a cultural thing where you pass it around the group that you're in. Mm. And so it's a very kind of social uh, drink, and after a month of working in Argentina, literally drinking it two, three times a day in any meeting, mm. you know, it's one of these things that it's impossible to refuse if it's going around the room. Um, I started to drink it at home and, uh, and today I put it in my little, uh, my to-go container and I'm uh, drinking it. Uh, but my last little, um, my, my last reserve that I brought back from me, I brought back from Argentina, so.
0: Very nice. And by the way, is that, we're talking about yerba mate? Is that what it is? Yeah,
4: yerba mate.
1: Yep,
0: yep. Yeah, okay. Let me do a little dive here. Mate sometimes hyper hypercorrected as mate, M-A-T-E with the accent a gu and the E in English, but never in Spanish or Portuguese, where it is often called yerba, J-E-R-B-A, also known as yerba mate. Wow. Yerba. Chimarayo and Cimarron, Spanish, is a traditional South American caffeine-rich infused drink, particularly in Argentina, where it is defined by law as a national infusion. Also in Uruguay, Paraguay, the Bolivia, Chaco, southern Brazil and southern Chile. It is also consumed in Syria, the largest importer in the world, and by the Druze in Lebanon. It is prepared by steeping dried leaves of yerba mate in hot water and is served with a metal straw from a shared hollow calabash gourd. The straw is called the bombilla in Spanish, and the bomba. Did you know all of that?
4: I did not. I mean, I I did not at all, but I knew the gourd and the bombilla. And uh, you kind of have to get over the fact that regardless of what meeting you're in, you will be drinking out of the same straw of 10, 15 people. (laughs) Whoa! Yeah, it's pretty funny. (laughs) We can get over that pretty quickly. But literally, meetings did not start until the mate was made. Wow. uh, Wow. uh, but wow. It's a great kind of tradition, and it and it made for a much better um, uh, environment, you know.
0: Talk about the liquid peace pipe. Okay, let's <laughs> do it around the table here. Thank you very much. Very picturesque sure. description, Rob Glickman. Alan Adler, Chris Dinkle, and Rob Glickman and my special guest today. Shout out to this. This is uh, episode number 10 of our series called Future of the Future with Game Changers, and that means, oh, I have to tell you, they are renewing in January of next year, and a shout out to To uh, Brad Borkin at SAP who sponsors this series and we're talking today our topic in case you want to take notes is IT leadership and digital transformation what's next and we're talking about Are CIOs and their IT teams and their leaders aware? Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. Digital transformation is coming. Ready, set, go. You can't hide under a rock anymore. We're going to find out a lot more when we come back from the break. Roundtable's coming up. You don't want to miss it. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. Michael out. (music)
1: An unprecedented pace of change driven by exciting technology advances like the Internet of Things is disrupting your industry and every other industry around the globe. Your future business success will be influenced by your ability to understand and harness these innovations and many more. Mobile devices instantaneously connecting the world populations. Robotics, 3D printing, and self-driving cars. The sharing economy and ubiquitous global business network Reality Check, the future is happening right now. Join us for insights from industry experts on what it all means for your business and your daily life. The future of the future with Game Changers as presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to the future of the future with game changers presented by sap email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sap now let's get back to the future of the future with game changers
0: Welcome back. We're talking about the redefining the role of the CIO in the IT organization. Are they strategic? Are they just running IT? What's going on? Digital transformation is looming large. It's here. Don't hide. You can't run from it anymore. We're going to start the roundtable with Alan Adler at Digital Bridge Partners. And Alan sent me the following notes. Let me just open with these, and then Alan will expand. He says, CIOs are seeking in 2017, and by the way, everyone, check your calendar. We're a matter of weeks away. Yeah, it's October already. Uh, CIOs are seeking in 2017 to find ways to drive new business model value for their organization. Here's the kicker. Rather than focusing primarily on running IT, this sounds uh I wouldn't say earth shattering, but certainly shaking up and disruptive. Alan, why don't you tell us more?
2: Sure. So unfortunately, um, CIOs and for that matter most people in IT are are stuck with the, with the what we call the eighty twenty problem, which is they spend eighty percent of their time, you know, managing vendors or supporting existing legacy infrastructure or just supporting and servicing the business. And the challenge with that is if if it's got to move from putting fuel in the car to making new engines, as I mentioned earlier, then we've got a, a, a fundamental disconnect. And when we think about the, the business model dynamic, um, it's really important to understand that economics in 2016-17 have fundamentally altered. And now, by far, the most successful businesses are no longer businesses of ore, which were, your which were pipeline businesses. Now they're businesses that set up these multi-sided networks like Uber and Airbnb and Google and Microsoft and YouTube who basically bring customers and uh, mul- mul- multiple types of customers together and create a value proposition in supporting both sides of those customers. So if you're sitting in a business that's a pipeline business, you make something, you ship it, you you know do the old marketing and sales thing, you're probably missing huge opportunities. So IT really is sitting at the catbird seat to facilitate the identification of how technology can create new Business model opportunities, and whether those be, you know, finding new revenue streams, or better understanding the market and competition, or optimizing pricing strategies, or even taking it further and you're changing the way we price products, changing the way we build products, changing the way we distribute products. Those are those are how business models are creating new opportunities to to change the competitive uh, dynamics in the marketplace.
0: Thank you very much, Alan Chris Dinkle. Let's get your POV on this. Agree, disagree. What do you see?
3: Oh, I'm in full agreement with that. Um, you know, we we see this all the time with customers that we're that we're working with in the marketplace. Also, ourselves as we as we look at ourselves and apply what we're trying to do in the marketplace to Deloitte as an organization, taking advantage of these opportunities not only to um, to be able to build something incredible and powerful and and significantly changing to the structure of. How business is done, but also recognizing the power in being able to be collaborative about that and taking advantages uh, of things like academia um, to assist in crowdsourcing and these types of things in order to help drive that, um, continue to drive innovation and to drive products and, and services forward.
0: Thank you. Rob Glickman, join us. What are your thoughts, please? Yeah, I mean it's
4: it's probably the most important topic across um, digital transformation at the end of the day, kind of like back to my quote, if, uh, because everything has been democratized, right, because data and insight are now uh, accessible down to the user in a company and you can actually make very good decisions now and you can actually, you know, take out your credit card and buy great software without going through IT and all of this kind of consumerization that we've seen, that's created a need for collaboration because, and, and the studies show this, whether it's Gartner, IDC, you name it, if the, the teams that collaborate across a shared outcome, and in this case the shared business outcomes, the shared revenue targets of the company, the teams that collaborate uh, across uh, organizational silos are simply the teams that win, are the teams that are better positioned to uh, serve their customer. So it's in a way, it's almost a human element of stripping away the old silos that burdened, uh, people in their respective roles and collaborating together on a shared role, uh, to serve the customer. And this is very, it sounds kind of, you know, basic, but it's a very new concept for a lot of individuals because it forces them to think about their job and their role in completely new ways. And it, and it it requires a leap of faith sometimes.
0: Leap of faith. Interesting. Thank you. Alan Adler, before we move on to some topics from Chris Tinkle's list, I want to cycle through the panel one more time on this same topic and talk about, I asked all three of you early on in the show, is this breaking news? So my question will be slightly different. The question is, in your point of view, in your experience, your your worldview. Where does this energy come from to have this, as as uh, Rob said, this new collaboration, this new mindset of getting together and doing something for the business and, as we said, not just running IT? Where does the energy come from? Are the CIOs of the mindset, are they generationally inclined to think in these terms? Does it need to come from somewhere else in the C-suite? So who's going to start this energy? Is it top-down? Alan Adler, just a quick uh, comment or two from you.
2: Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, it's up to the CIO to find the talent within mm-hmm. and to bring talent outside. So sometimes you go hire uh, the talent outside. But fundamentally, that the, the it comes down to courage uh, more than mm-hmm. anything else. Because CIOs sort of grew up with this idea of, you know, make it safe, keep the lights on, don't screw up. And ultimately, some of this stuff is the courage to risk, the courage to, to take innovation. Ultimately... I think it starts with the CIO stepping out of his comfort zone and asking this question, you know, what is the end-to-end customer experience that we're trying to deliver and what problem are we solving? Because if you ask those two questions and answer them with a provocative point of view on how tech can change, you're automatically bringing yourself to that mindset of, instead of what can't we do, instead of what, what, what can we
0: do. Thank you. Exactly what I was looking for. Uh, let's turn to Chris Dinkle. Chris, what are your thoughts on this, please? Well,
3: um, you know, I as we start to look at, at some of the things that uh, that he was just referring to about, you know, should we go and do this? We we've started to take a look at as we're as we're providing these kinds of services for organizations we are starting to also recognize that there's the need for an ethical conversation as part of the, as part of the overall program. Um, because the, the fact of the matter is, is that with um, the tremendous number of digital capabilities that are across the spectrum today, Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that we're able to merge a variety of data sources and potentially use predictive types of capabilities in ways that used to potentially take months or years and would limit really the effectiveness of that, we're doing those things today in potentially days and weeks, Um, but it's important to take a a step back and... Make sure that that's really the best thing that we should be doing for an organization as it moves forward so that it doesn't get exposed to any kind of risk because of the fact that they're able to garner these insights so, so powerfully from the digital exhaust that we all, that we all put out today.
0: Thank you. Interesting point on that one, that last comment. Rob Glickman, join us. What do you think? Where does this come from? The energy, the courage. Who is it the CIO's responsibility? Are they supposed to do the Alan Adler 15 minutes of looking at your day and saying, hmm, today I'm going to embrace everything good about digital transformation and guide my (laughs) team to business model disruption? Thank you, Alan Adler. I'm teasing, but I'm admiring, Mr. Adler, so I hope you know that. Rob, where's it coming from?
4: I think you know there's so many different perspectives, so I definitely agree. With Alan, and I think, but at the same time, you know, it it must be really tough to be a CIO right now. And, you know, you could argue some of it is a generational, you know, the challenge of CIOs who have come up and built certain types of organizations for certain types of uh, realities, and now others that are coming up now that where the the technology reality is completely changed. Um, So it it must be very challenging to be a CIO, let me put it that way. Um, You know, a, a CIO coming up now is almost like, um, you know, like, a, like a venture capitalist, like a seed investor, because they're building a portfolio of, um, of companies that they are choosing to work with, usually cloud, mm-hmm. platform, APIs, platform as a service. They're going to cobble together a new IT infrastructure that is outside of their control. And some of those companies may not very well be around in five years. And they have to have a completely different perspective um, and, and so it's just a, a much, much different, and, and of course, not have that control of the, uh, that they used to have. So it's a very, very, very different role. Just like a marketer now is a completely different, uh, I, I look for a completely different skill set now than I looked for uh, maybe 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But the common thread across everything is the customer, the needs that are driving your business. What is your business ultimately serving the customer? What are they providing? But the GE example, again, is a good one. GE used to provide maybe commoditized products. Now they're providing services wrapped around those same products but in a new way, using data and analysis and insight to understand how to deliver that in the way that it needs to be delivered now. So this the the CIO really is forced to think about the uh, – uh serving the customer much more than in the past maybe serving the employees of the of the company as well.
0: Thank you. We're in the age of customer centricity. We talk about yep. that on many of our game changer series. I'm glad to see that theme comes through. You wouldn't think of it when you're thinking of CIO and IT, you'd think internal. You wouldn't think customer centricity. That's a long view, isn't it, Rob? It's it's a look outside of your own tower, correct?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, this may be an aside, but I was just at a conference two weeks ago, and I, um, I was at a CIO panel. And one of the CIOs was the CIO of Uber. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about digital transformation. That was the way they kicked off the panel. So I was thinking, okay, this is obviously a very, you know, valid topic, even for the born in the cloud companies. Yeah. And, and she said something very interesting. She said, you know, just because we're Uber, right, just because we were not around five years ago, doesn't mean that we're not dealing with digital transformation just like anybody else. Our business is being upended and transformed before our eyes, and we need to stay just as ahead as anybody else because in a blink of an eye, it can be gone. And so it's a very interesting concept that, you know, you had asked at the beginning. like It's not a new concept, but it's incredibly relevant. For both established legacy companies and brand new born in the cloud companies. Even more, maybe, because five years ago was a long time ago from an Uber perspective. And uh, their business is changing completely. Uh, they're offering new services that go beyond just uh, you know, disrupting the tax industry. So it's, it's just a fascinating topic that has so many different relevant uh, points for any CIO uh, in any industry.
0: Thank you, Rob. Very interesting. I I was surprised to hear you say that, and I I imagine that Chris and Alan may have been, that Uber is, they cut their teeth, as we used to say. They cut their teeth on digital. They cut their teeth on uh, transformation, on new business models. They definitely cut their teeth on being disruptive. Look what they did to an entire industry all over the globe, and they still have to stay on their toes. Their CIO still needs to have a disruptive, changing, flexible, agile mindset. That's a lot of work. That's a very interesting perspective and I think our audience around the world will appreciate that because we don't know exactly who's listening we don't have a profile on our listeners Rob and Chris and Alan but we know they're listening to us all over the world on the business channel so there may be some newcomers to business there may be some people with what I call the entrepreneurial gleam in their eye who are thinking about it and I think we just gave some words of wisdom to them on you can't sit still and say great it's 2016, 2017 I'm going to rock the industry with with my brilliance and my vision and my vision It's going to be wonderful and I can sit back and reap the profits. No, 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 no sitting still. Thank you, Rob. Now, let's move on. Chris Dinkle, you sent me a bunch of interesting topics here, uh, brief and to the point. I'm just going to throw a couple out and ask you to elaborate on them on the on our topic of CIO, IT, disruption, collaboration, and what's next in digital transformation. So uh, let me just read a couple of them, and then you can pick what you want, Chris. You talk about fostering partnerships. We've talked about internal and external collaboration. You talk about including everyone. I think this is my favorite one, the opportunity for everyone with ideas and passion for excellence, and also talked about challenging conventions, adapting a nimble, flexible mindset. We just talked about that with a fail, fast, smart, forward motto. Let me stop there, Chris Tinkle, Where do you want to take us?
3: Sure. Let's uh, let's start with the uh, challenge conventions because I don't think we've yes. really talked about failure um, nope. and the important role that plays um, in the conversation today. Go ahead. Okay. Well, so what we look at or what our approaches with this is, it's important to recognize that not you know digital is very exciting. First of all, digital is extremely compelling it's uh, the key buzzword that we're seeing around the marketplace today everybody's talking about it, of talking about the value of it um, and you hear a whole series of successes but you don't ever hear about the failures and there's a multitude of those failures that are occurring as companies are trying to do this and trying to make this work moving forward um, so what what this theme is that we apply and again um, these these topics are from our application to Deloitte as an organization, Um, what we're doing with that is we're recognizing that um, part of the learning process is failure and understanding that there will be times where certain bits and pieces of, of what we try to do from a digital transformation perspective might not work. And it might be for a variety of reasons. Um, it might not be the traditional IT kind of scenario. It might not it could very well be just that the user base just doesn't take it up. And we've seen that with a multitude of the mobile applications that we've built. Um, and so it's important to learn and to grow from that to understand why people didn't like it. was Was it something around potentially just the experience of using it? Was it slow performance? Was it a whole variety of other things? Um, and to learn from that, and to learn from that extremely quickly. Um, and so that's how we handle it with this idea of fail fast. Um, but when we fail, we want to be smart about it, and we want to take mm-hmm. those learnings, and we want to carry those forward so that as an organization, we don't make those mistakes um, when, we, when we do other types of things or, or do other types of d- digital innov- innovation within our respective enterprise.
0: Interesting. Um, question for you. Is this going back to my question about mindset? Are, are CIOs today prepared to understand fail fast, smart and forward? Is this something that new talent is have to, will have to bring on board into the organization and, and permeate the, the pre disruptive mindset? The idea of failing fast. Well, I think we've heard about that failing smart, but the idea of, of, Benefiting and making sure that you learn and grow from the failures—is—is is this something that's going to be hard for them to grasp, Chris?
3: For I would say for at least 98% ninety-eight percent of them. At least
0: ninety-eight that yeah. few, huh? That few. I had a yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, you know. Uh, so what? So what I see is e- even for our own CIO, this was a tough thing to to embrace and understand. And there are still times where. He raises a studious eyebrow um, when he hears about that something didn't go well. Um, but you know, most most um, CIOs are still based in the world of successful IT delivery, and that's really the only kind of option there. You know, if you if for example you attempt an ERP implementation and it goes, it doesn't go well or it goes sideways, that's that's the death knell for a CIO's career. Um, other types of scenarios from a digital perspective occur as well, and what that's done is that has created a generation of CIOs that are extraordinarily risk adverse in the way that they look at things, and and in part it's 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 in the way that the rest of the C-suite and the board are looking at the business as well because they haven't those are those pieces of the organization need to change too, and that's really a topic we haven't necessarily talked about here. Yet today, but the CEOs and the CFOs and mm-hmm. the boards have to start to change their mindset as well in order to be able to truly, uh, you know, uh, d- successfully take on what digital innovation means and be able to have those digital successes that they can put in mm-hmm. place that are just so so transformational. Um, and so, that, so it's a difficult thing, um, and that's why I say, I mean, it's ninety eight percent or better. Um, are going to have a significant challenge with, with getting, getting their minds wrapped around around the fact that they might have 3% of their projects will be failures. Um, but the fact that they can learn from those projects and they can take mm-hmm. those learnings forward.
0: Is it the job of the CIO, once they have understood this agile, nimble, flexible, fail-fast, smart-forward attitude, to inform and to get the CEO and the other C-suite members to adopt and agree with that mindset? Just quickly, Chris, is it the job of the CIO to lead the rest of the C-suite into this brave new world?
3: It is, absolutely, because they're Ah. they're pulling back the covers so that they can see what the future can hold for the organization.
0: Very interesting. Rob Glickman, talk to me. What do you think about what Chris just said, agree or disagree, and what?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Is it the job of the CIO? Absolutely. And our research shows, you know, we did this research with the EIU, and it showed that at least around the topic of digital transformation, although digital transformation happens everywhere in an organization, it happens at the edges, you know, there's innovation going on everywhere within an organization. But the research was really interesting in that it said, yes, that's true, and there's value. But when you have ownership of a digital transformation initiative, Those initiatives are more successful, and the most likely exec to take primary ownership in digital transformation um, journeys is the CIO, and that's associated with success. So the data, and I forget the percentages, I think it was 90% of uh, of digital transformation initiatives were successful when they were managed by the CIO versus 75% when they were managed by another exec. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the forward-looking CIO really is that, that glue, that fabric mm-hmm. that, that cuts across the company. And if they're looking at the business the right way, which is with an open mind, with, uh, with an, uh, permission to fail, um, curiosity, you know, leadership principles, all those basic things that any good executive should, uh, should have that's really where uh, the rubber hits the road and really where the CIO can shine.
0: Thank you. Very interesting. Alan Adler, join us. What are your thoughts? We have a lot of good stuff on the table here.
2: Well, fundamentally, I think, you know, if we look at the Economist study, which we actually participated in in creating, you know, the companies that have organizational-wide digital transformation strategies are like 50% more successful with their digital initiatives, which says that you have to have a roadmap. So the first thing the CIO has to do is manage up to the C-suite, up to the board, and say, you know, do we have a digital strategy? Do we have a transformation agenda? And that that, that creates a roadmap, because if you take risk on a roadmap, rather than just risk, you at least have the foundation of moving the business forward strategically rather than tactically. I I think what Rob said is 100% right. The best thing anyone said today is, it's really hard to be a CIO, because ultimately the message is, take risks with new businesses, but don't screw up the legacy. So if we look at the history of the CIO, which is don't screw up the legacy and ask them to take risks, it's a little bit like asking a you know, chicken to swim. They don't swim well. So fundamentally, the only way to do that is to break the business into when and where do I sprint and take risks on a roadmap, and when and where do I run the marathon and keep the clockworks running successfully so I don't screw up a legacy.
0: Mm, another layer of interesting commentary. I wish we had a whole show for that about not screwing up the legacy. Very interesting. So you don't want to forget where you came from, but you certainly have to be forward-looking. Chris, I'll give you a chance for a, a two-sentence wrap-up on this because we're running out of time before our predictions, and I want to hit at least one major topic from Mr. Glickman before we go to predictions. So go ahead.
3: Yeah, so, uh, so I think we're all approaching this from, from our respective um, backgrounds. In pretty much the same way, we recognize that digital innovation is a key requirement as businesses move forward in this century, um, but necessarily how and the willingness of the CIO um, is, is going to come up and it's going to be a critical factor in the role of the CIO in these respective organizations.
0: Thank you very much. Mr. Rob Glickman, you sent me so much good information. It's like a novel here. I'm, I'm sifting through it trying to find something interesting. I know you had a couple of case studies you wanted to mention, and you mentioned Uber already. Do you want to go with one more case study, or do you want to talk about, here's one of my favorites you sent me, decisions mm-hmm. about how to run the business are becoming more democratic. Everyone will have access to data and be in a position to make decisions. You want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about a case study? I'll leave it up to you. Let me talk
4: about a case Rob? study, because actually that second one is one of my predictions. Uh, ah, uh, so okay. I'll go with the case study, but you know, we at, at SAP, the, the, the cool thing about working at a company like SAP is, is we've been around for a long time, and what's what's old is new, right? And so you look at a company that, is, that has been around, as opposed to an Uber, and you look at we look at what makes what we do unique. Of all the things that we do, what is not commoditized? And it really comes down to the data and the business processes that companies run. Uh, their business on with our software. And so that insight, that data that companies have really is the treasure trove of how they can remain competitive. And when you marry that data that resides, you know, in your company, the, you know, data around your business, if, when you marry that data with the open platforms now that can, can pull in external data, whether it's from Internet of Things, mobile, social, you name it, that's really where the prize is for companies to compete. And so the CIO is kind of at that intersection of all of the world that they still control to a certain extent, because we really don't Mm -hmm. control anything anymore because the customer and the consumer really is in control and can change their mind in a second. And what what do you need to open up to make yourself competitive to the external world? And it's such a more organic, living, breathing business now than ever before. So that really is, for me, when I think of the challenges of the CIO, it's that how do they deal with this, this brave new world of, of being much more open uh, than before? And part of that is you know, um, uh, you know, being able to, to fail quickly and in, in, in creating fail-safe environments and, and providing leadership around that so they can, uh, they can uh, move forward and be that beacon that can tie the rest of the company's goals together.
0: Thank you very much. Let me read one more note here and then we're going to have sure. to move around the table back to Alan Adler for predictions. You note the CIO.com's 2016 state of the CIO, uh, Rob, and you say research showed that 33% of the respondents said marketing had a budget to fund technology investments this year. 32% said the same over the next three years. So I think they're definitely, their eyes on the prize and they're heading in the right direction. Thank you, Rob Glickman. Alan Adler, Time for predictions. You know I love the year 2020. Can't get that earworm out of my head. 2020, we know who said that. <laughs> Thank you, Papa Wawa. So the question is, what do you see in the future from your perspective at Digital Bridge Partners and you as a person with a long history in this business, Alan Adler? How far in the future can you look and tell me what will be significantly different about our topic, IT leadership and digital transformation? Alan Adler, predictions, 60 seconds, go.
2: Well, I'd say the first thing is is that uh, by 2020, any CIO who's not playing a vital role in driving innovation will either be, A, out of a job, B, demoted, or C, find their companies disintermediated. That's point number one. Point number two mm. is that you know, digital is going to move from the edge to the key ingredient of the knife. So right now, digital transformation, it sort of says... Digital is changing everything. Well, digital is going to be everything. It's it's no longer going to be as you know. Rob talked about data, and we talked, and Chris talked about business processes. These are all digitally driven. So digital becomes the thing. It's no longer like the cutting edge thing. It's just the thing. It's like a, a house builder would not think about building a house without a hammer. He wouldn't think how does the hammer disintermediate the way I build a house. Well, it's just part of how you build a house. So it's it's a given. I say the last thing is is that. Strategy is now the new word for strategy is now agile, and agile is really about that fast failing aspect. So, so fundamentally, everything becomes Agile Manifesto, and fundamentally, those who lead with Agile Manifesto are going to win, and that's exactly what we've been talking about.
0: Mm, the new word for strategy is agile. I like that, Chris Dinkle, Prediction sixty seconds go.
2: Um, so, I think that for
3: the future, Bonnie, um, I'm in full agreement um, with Alan's earlier comment about the CIO we will see a very different generation of CIOs coming to the forefront. Um, we, we've seen it for a while already in, in what I would call the, the technology-centric companies, but we will see that across the board because as we've seen um, using Uber as a fantastic example, just the transformation that they've caused in the marketplace and how they have how they've completely eliminated, in some cases, um, competition because of the ease and the ease of use and and the recognition that it's really about the customer. Um, I think you will continue to see that across all of these organizations as they move forward, and you will need people with those specific types of personalities that that are driving to the edge in order to ensure that your business continues to move forward. I also think that you will see a transformation in the IT organization um, pretty, pretty succinctly. I think that a lot of these, especially in large enterprises, these large IT organizations or large IT shops, you'll see a transformation where, whereby they will, um, they will probably lose some headcount Um, around the traditional support or the domains of of the way that they've been doing business and you will see an influx of contractor-based individuals that are coming in to add value and insight um, and potentially change the game as it comes to from a digital innovation perspective but the mere fact that they're a contractor allows companies to be more more flexible In if something's working or not working, to be able to potentially replace that person with somebody else. So that's the other big change that I see coming up in relation to this respective topic.
0: Thank you very much. Rob Glickman, I saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Keep it tight. Go ahead, predict.
4: I will be brief. So I'd like to build on both Alan and Chris's. But it really, for me, it comes down to the commoditization of everything, right? Everything is being commoditized now. And the inverse is happening with relationships. So relationships are carrying a much richer premium, and it's the CIO or any leader, for that fact, for that matter, that creates these deep relationships across organizations, partners, customers, suppliers. You know, creating a whole new network that needs to keep their relevancy compared to the old network that was in the company. So I see that. And the other thing is that you know technology is the glue across any career now not only technology and in, in, in teaching and in anything, everything is a tech career. And so it won't exist to not have a technology, to be in, career, in technology, because everything has a technology a, uh, angle. And, of course, technology is a great career because there's, you know, constant job growth and wealth creation, and tech marries with everything. And so we're really seeing this democratization of, uh, commoditization of everything and how technology permeates. Uh, Everything, but at the at the core, it's building and maintaining deep relationships.
0: That's going to be um, most important. Yep. terrific words of wisdom Alan Adler thank you Chris Dinkle thank you Rob Glickman thank you real pleasure speaking with the three of you thank you we covered a lot thank of good you. insights oh pleasure and I want to thank Michael our engineer at World Talk Radio and thank you to Brad Borkin as I said at the beginning who sponsored this. if you want to see the tweets we've been tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio I'm Bonnie D. Graham and here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today have a good one bye bye
1: Thanks again for tuning in to the Future of the Future with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.